Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I have another episode of Monday Night Madness, where I'm going to do my review on Hog Wild 1996. Um, starting off the evening, we go into our first match of the night. It is Ultimo Dragon versus Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, starting off the match, Ultimate Dragon hits a devastating uh, kicks on Mysterio. Dragon then hits a devastating powerbomb on Mysterio as well. Dragon then applies a figure four leg lock on Mysterio. Mysterio then hits a springboard dropkick on Dragon. Mysterio then hits a springboard cross body on Dragon on the outside. Mysterio then hits a hurricane runner off the top rope on Dragon. Mysterio then goes for another springboard move, but Dragon hits Mysterio with a dropkick instead. Dragon then goes hits a uh, crossbody on Mysterio on the outside. Dragon then hits a German suplex on Mysterio, pins him for the two. Dragon then hits a moonsault off the top rope on Mysterio, pins him for the two. Mysterio then hits a springboard head scissors with Dragon on the top rope, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match and still cruiserweight champion at that time is Rey Mysterio. Um, this was a phenomenal match. This really was, and it was a great opening match. And like I told you guys before, Majority of the WCW pay-per-views back in the day, uh, a lot of the first opening match matches were cruiserweight matches. And to be honest, I don't really know why, man, because these guys deserve the spotlight to be even a mid-card or main event because the stuff they were doing back then as you know, in the cruiserweight division was phenomenal. And the, the amount of talent they had uh, for cruiserweights for WCW was absolutely phenomenal, man. Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Mysterio, Ultimo Dragon. Um, I mean, the list goes on, man. Phenomenal athletes, phenomenal athletes. And this was a great match. But uh, hats off to uh, Rey Mysterio for getting the win here and at that time retaining the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Um, after that match, we go to our next match of the evening. It is Scott Norton versus Ice Train. Uh, starting off the match, Norton hits a chop on Ice Train. Norton goes after the injured arm of Ice Train. Ice Train, Ice Train hits a scoop slam on Scott Norton. Ice Train then hits, a devastating, hits devastating chops on Scott Norton. Norton then hits a leg drop on the injured arm of Ice Train. <coughs> uh, Ice Train then gets up, hits a power slam on Norton. That looked absolutely brutal. Norton then gets up, works on the injured arm of Ice Train. Ref calls the match, and the winner of the match is Scott Norton. Um, again, it was an okay match. Um, obviously, the ref called the match because uh, Ice Train's uh, arm was completely injured. It was complete. It was all wrapped up uh, when he was uh, walking out to the um, to the ring. Obviously, his arm was really banged up, so I think the ref made the right call. He definitely looked injured, so hats off to Scott Norton for getting the win. Um, after that match, we can go to our next match of the evening. It is Medusa versus Bull Nakano. Um, starting up the match, Medusa rides down to the ring in a, in a motorcycle. Now, the reason why she did that is because, obviously, the event's called Hogwild. It took place at Sturges, and... If you guys don't know what Sturgis is, it's a big biker rally they do like every year or something like that where millions and millions of bikers show up and, you know, they have a party and they get together and stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, so she rides down to the ring in a motorcycle. Uh, but starting off the match, Nakano attacks Medusa with a bunch, with uh, nunchucks. Nakano then uh, hits a throw, is throwing Medusa around the ring. Nakano is pretty much controlling the match at this point, but Medusa hits a slim blade on Nakano. But Nakano applies a submission on Medusa that looked absolutely brutal. Nakano then hits a DDT on Medusa off the ropes. Medusa then hits a uh, head scissors on Nakano, pins her for the two. Medusa then hits a spin kick on Nakano. Nakano then hits a devastating clothesline on Medusa, pins her for the two. Medusa then hits a German suplex on Bull Nakano, pins her for the two. Nakano then hits a belly-to-back suplex on Medusa, pins for the two. Sonny then attacks Medusa's motorcycle. It was kind of like really nobody really won this match. It was kind of like a 
messed up finish, but I guess they gave the match in the win to Medusa. Um, they thought her, like, I guess her shoulders, they thought her shoulders were down in the match. Obviously, it wasn't. Um, but after the match, though, Sonny attacks Medusa's motorcycle. He hits it with a sledgehammer. But then uh, Medusa grabs a sledgehammer from uh, Sonny. She pretty much destroys his motorcycle on the outside. It was absolutely funny. Um, so, but hats off to Medusa for getting a win in this match. Um, after that match, we're going to our next match of the evening. It is Dean Malenko versus Chris Benoit. Uh, starting off the match, Benoit attacks Dean. Malenko then hits a suplex on Chris Benoit. Malenko then hits a neckbreaker on Chris Benoit as well. Benoit then hits a leg drop, a leg drop on Dean Malenko. Dean then applies a submission on Chris Benoit. Dean is pretty much showing why people know uh, call him the the man with a thousand holds. Chris Benoit hits a suplex on Dean. Dean then hits an arm drag on Chris Benoit. Dean and Chris Benoit both exchange in the middle of the ring. Benoit then hits another suplex on Dean Malenko. Benoit then hits a diving headbutt off the top rope on Dean. Dean then gets up, hits a tombstone pile driver on Chris Benoit, pins it with a two. Dean then hits a crossbody on Chris Benoit, sending them both to the outside. Benoit then hits a superplex off the top rope on Dean. Dean then gets up, hits a devastating release German suplex on Chris Benoit. That was brutal. Dean then hits a Northern Light suplex on Benoit in the middle of the ring. Benoit then gets up, hits and uh, hits a suplex on Dean. Benoit then hits a crossbody on Dean on the outside. Benoit then hits a powerbomb on Dean as well. Dean then gets up, hits a superplex on Chris Benoit. Dean then hits a powerbomb on Benoit as well. The time limit now has run out. The ref said that there must be a winner and gives the uh, gives Benoit and Dean five more minutes in the match. Benoit then applies a Texas Cloverleaf on Dean. Dean then gets at, uh, Benoit breaks the hole. Dean hits a step up enziguri on Benoit. Time limit runs out again after the five minutes that they got at the original time limit. Ref said that there's a second overtime. Benoit then attack, uh, hits a Snapdragon suplex on Dean. Dean then gets up, applies a Texas Cloverleaf of his own on Chris Benoit. Woman causes a distraction on Dean, and Chris Benoit hits a roll-up on Malenko. Pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Chris Benoit. Um, again, I can't say enough about these guys, man. Uh, Dean Malenko was not the tallest wrestler. He really wasn't. But that guy is a ring technician. That guy knows how to work the ring inside and out. And he's not in there to play games, man. That guy is in there to have a wrestling match. And he's in there to kick your ass. And because, and again, he's a very small guy, but he can hang with the big guys. He can hang with the luchadors. Like he, very, very light and fast on his feet. And Benoit, every time Benoit comes into a match, and people may disagree or they may agree, he comes into every single match that I've seen him in very, very aggressive. You know, whether he was in WCW or WWE at the time, he was always that one wrestler that was always aggressive in his matches that always gave 110%, and it shows every time he got in that squared circle. And that's the reason why this match was so great. And to me, this was probably the match of the night because it was back and forth. I mean, the time limit had ran out. It was pretty much damn near a 30- to 45-minute match. Um, and it was insane. And, you know, having a woman getting involved and causing a distraction and for Benoit to get the roll-up, yeah, I wish it was like a regular finish and it wasn't a, you know, a messed up finish, but this match was phenomenal, man. It was back and forth, great moveset from both guys, and they both gelled together correctly. I know I said that about other tag, you know, other singles matches or tag matches, but these guys had gelled greatly together, and it shows, man. It was just a phenomenal match. If I had to give this like a one at a five-star rating for a match, I would give this match probably a four, four and a half. It was really, really good, and it was really back and forth. And if you guys go back and watch on you know on the network, Hog Wild 1996, you go look you you just look up this match alone. You're going to say, "Wow, this match was absolutely insane. It was a great match, and it is." 
great match and a great showing by both Malenko and Benoit. Uh, but hats off to Benoit for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we go to our next match of the evening. It is Harlem Heat uh, defending their tag, uh, WCW Tag Team Championships at that time against the Steiner brothers. Uh, starting with the match, uh, Scott Steiner attacks Booker T. Scott then hits a double arm suplex on Booker T in the middle of the ring. Seems like Harlem Heat is not a big fan of the motorcycle sounds. I mean, there's motorcycles all over the place. They're revving their engines. Harlem Heat did not like that whatsoever. Uh, Scott hits a press slam on Booker T, that, Booker T that was absolutely brutal. The crowd at this point is completely behind the Steiner brothers. Rick gets in the match, hits a clothesline on Stevie Ray. Scott then hits a belly-to-belly suplex on Booker T. Rick then hits a suplex on Booker T in the middle of the ring. Rick then hits a power slam on Booker T in the middle of the ring. Looked absolutely brutal. Scott then hits a drop kick on Booker T. Sherry then attacks Rick Steiner on the outside. Um, Booker then hits a side kick on Rick Steiner. Stevie Ray hits a suplex on Rick Steiner as well. Uh, Parker throws powder into Booker T. Uh, throws tries to throw pow- uh, powder into Scott Steiner's face, but misses. Hits Booker T instead. Sherry then throws powder. Hits uh, ends up hitting Scott Steiner. Causes a distraction. Parker hits Scott Steiner with a uh, with his cane. Booker T ends up capitalizes on that. Pins Scott Steiner for the three, and your winners of the match, and still at that time, WCW Tag Team Champions were Harlem Heat. Again, this was another great match, man. And <clears throat> Harlem Heat, to me, was one of those tag teams where I don't think a lot of people gave them a lot of credit or notoriety of what kind of tag team they were. And, yeah, you're. I understand probably back then you're, you're not going to really fully understand where the, these guys were going to go in the future. Nobody's going to know. But, you know, Booker T, you know, once Stevie Ray kind of had, you know, they had a fallen out or whatever or broke up the Harlem Heat tag team, Booker T went on to be the five-time WCW champion. That's pretty impressive. Um, and obviously they knew, uh, you know, Bischoff and his whole team knew where talent was. And Booker T is talent. You know, to me, honestly, Booker T did not need need Stevie Ray at all. Now, credit, I'm not taking anything away from Harlem Heat. I think they're a phenomenal tag team and very underrated, um, in my honest opinion. I thought they were a great tag team, but – this match alone was great, man. The Steiners, the Steiners are a phenomenal tag team. Great tag team. They're brothers. They know how to work the ring inside and out. And I mean, they're just I'm a huge I'm a big fan of the Steiner brothers, man, and what they've done in their career as a tag team. I think they're you know, obviously their singles career didn't really pan out too well, but as a tag team, they were absolutely phenomenal, man. They were doing a lot of moves, especially Scott. Scott was doing a lot of moves that a lot of people were not doing or even know what the hell they were, and Scott pulled him off, and he made him work. So, especially that Frankensteiner move, man, that Frankensteiner is brutal. Uh, but hats off to Harlem Heat for getting the win here and what I thought was a great tag team match. Um, after that match, we go to our next match of the evening. It is Ric Flair defending his United States, WCW United States Championship at that time against Eddie Guerrero. Um, starting off the match, Guerrero hits a shoulder tackle on Flair. Eddie then slaps uh, Flair in the middle of the ring. Guerrero is trying to get the crowd behind him. Guerrero and Flair exchange in the middle of the ring. Guerrero hits a back body drop on Flair. Crowd is chanting for Eddie. Flair hits a chop on Eddie Guerrero in the middle of the ring. Eddie lands some chops of his own on Flair. Guerrero then hits another back body drop on Flair as well. Flair then hits a low blow on Guerrero. Guerrero then gets up, hits a cross body on Flair. Guerrero applies a figure four of his own on Ric Flair in the middle of the ring. Flair breaks the hold. Guerrero then hits a springboard head scissors on Flair, pins with a two that looked brutal, man. It was almost, it, it was pretty much a botch, man. Looked like Ric Flair landed right on his head. Guerrero then hits a tornado DDT off the top rope on Flair. Guerrero then mocks Flair with his uh, Flair signature str- uh, strut, if you will. Guerrero then throws Flair off the top rope. 
Guerrero then hits a signature frog splash on the top rope on Flair, but it looks like Guerrero injured himself after the frog splash. Flair then hits a devastating clothesline on Guerrero, and then Flair applies his signature figure four on Guerrero, and your winner of the match by submission, and still WCW United States champion at that time was Ric Flair. Um, again, good match. Not saying anything about about this match. And to me, honestly, it was a, a great showing by Guerrero, and I'm a, I'm a humongous fan of Eddie Guerrero. I mean, I think he's he's – even at that time, he was way before his time. He's a phenomenal wrestler, phenomenal athlete, and you got to give credit where credit's due. And I, I know I stated this in the, in the past, but Flair, every time you give you're in a match with Flair, Flair is trying to do his best, even if he wins. But during the match, he's trying to do his best to get his opponent over the best way that he can. And even if that makes Flair look bad, Flair is willing to do that. I mean, come on, Flair is Rick Flair is Rick Flair. You know, he's like the Michael Jordan of professional wrestling, man. The guy you can't say enough about Rick Flair. And what he's done for professional wrestling, man. And the, the list and the accolades go on and on and on all day long. Um, but this was, a, this was a great showing by Guerrero. The only thing that I take away from this match that might be bad is that I don't feel like Flair and the way that Guerrero brings in his luchador background kind of, you know, didn't gel greatly in the ring. I mean, that one botch with the, you know, the head scissors that he did with the springboard head scissors that Guerrero did on, on Flair, it looked like Flair almost broke his neck on that. It did not look great. Um, but that's the only bad takeaway I'm going to take away from this match. I thought the match was absolutely phenomenal. But uh, hats off to Ric Flair for getting the win. Um, after that match, we go to our next match of the evening. It is the Outsiders, Hall and Nash versus Luger and Sting. Uh, starting off the match, Hall mocks Luger. Luger hits a hip, to- a hip toss on Hall. Luger then hits a scoop slam on Hall as well. Sting then gets involved, hits a scoop slam on Nash. Nash hits a clothesline on Sting. It looked absolutely brutal. Hall hits a fallaway slam on Sting in the middle of the ring. Hall and Nash at this point are controlling the match, but Sting hits a shoulder tackle on Nash. Hall hits a devast- hits devastating strikes on Sting in the corner. Hall then goes for the Razor's Edge, but Sting turns it into a backdrop on Hall. Luger then attacks Hall and Nash. Sting hits a stinger splash on Nash in the corner. Luger then hits a power slam on Scott Hall, but then the ref uh, gets blinded, I guess, by, I think it was Luger by mistake, but ref the ref ends up hitting Luger in the back of the leg. And uh, Scott Hall ended up capitalizing on that and pinned Luger for the three. And your winners of the match are Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Um, again, it was a decent match. I'm not going to seriously say the match was completely awful. Um, I just wish it was a, a clean finish. Um, obviously, getting the ref involved in some kind of capacity kind of set up a storyline with how the outsiders are. They're trying to find any, any way they possibly can to get the win. Um, and they did so with having the ref get involved and hitting uh, Luger in the back of the leg. So... Uh, hats off to Hall and Ash for getting the win and what I thought was a decent match. Um, after that match, we go to our main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, is the Giant defending his WCW Heavyweight Championship at that time versus Hulk Hogan. Uh, starting off the match, though, it looks like Hogan was kind of scared of the Giant, really didn't want to mess with him. Hogan does hit Giant, and the Giant doesn't move, though, in the middle of the ring. He just eats the punch. Giant hits a back suplex on Hogan. Giant then hits a backbreaker on Hogan, pins it for the two. That looked brutal. Giant is then hawking up on Hogan. Giant hits a chop on Hogan as well. Giant then hits a big boot on Hogan. Scott Hall is now in the in the down to the the ring. Nash is here as well. Giant then hits a choke slam on both Hall and Nash. But Hogan ends up capitalizing on that with the distraction. Hits Giant with the title belt. Pins Giant for the three. And your winner of the match and new WCW Heavyweight Champion at that time is Hulk Hogan. Um, this wasn't a bad match. It really wasn't. I, I feel like the match was kind of cut short. But um, this was a pivotal moment for NWO and Hulk Hogan because this was the first time Hogan had won the belt 
being with the NWO. And this kind of set the president in, in a way of what the NWO was going to do, that they were going to find ways to win by any means necessary. And, you know, for example, having Hall and Nash come down, even though they both took choke slams, caused a distraction for Hogan to hit Giant with the belt <laughs> and securing the win. Um, and then, you know, having Hogan hanging out with uh, Hall and Nash at the end of the match and taking the black spray paint out and spray an NWO on the heavyweight championship, it was a big it was a big statement. It was a big move by Hogan and Nash and Hall. And, you know, the NWO was a humongous stable um, in, in WCW. I mean, it, they were massive. And the amount of names they put on the NWO little roster or stable they had, if you will, was incredible. Absolutely incredible, man. And it, it shook the whole wrestling world even when Hogan turned heel and joined Hall and Nash. So they took that NWO stuff and they ran with it all the way to the point where WCW went into the ground almost. So I can't say enough about, you know, what the NWO did uh, for professional wrestling. It was massive, man. It will never happen again. But um, like I do with all these shows, and you guys know by now, um, I always give these shows a rating between a 1 out of 10. I'm going to give this a 7, man. I think the, the match card itself and the quality of matches we were getting on this card was phenomenal, man. From the Steiner Brothers versus Harlem Heat to Eddie versus Ric Flair, Ultimate Dragon versus Rey Mysterio, Dean versus Chris Benoit. Those matches alone were phenomenal matches, but I would say the match of the night for me was Benoit versus Malenko. It was a phenomenal match, man, and it was back and forth. It actually told a great story in that middle of that ring. That and how much those guys gelled together in that squared circle. And it was a phenomenal match, man. If you guys want to see a great match, go back to the network, look up Pogwild 1996, go right to that match, and you guys are going to be blown away. It was absolutely phenomenal match, man. And, you know, I know sometimes I'll say, oh, this was a good match. This was a really great match to the point where it was almost, like, a, like I said, a 45-minute match. It was great. And the ref made sure that there was going to be a winner. And I appreciate that and I respect that because – I didn't want that to be a screwed up finish. I wanted it to be a finish and somebody being a decisive winner. And Benoit was the decisive winner. Even though women got involved, which caused a distraction, Benoit still got the win with the roll-up. So I had to give this a seven, if not seven and a half, man. This was absolutely a phenomenal card, and I was a big fan of it. So, But this is my review of, of Hog Wild, Monday Night Madness. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful, and remember, stay classic. Peace.